Dukes has twang. Does your mayo have it? Do you ask for it by name when you go out to eat? Do you display your devotion to it for all the world to see? Can it elevate your lime cilantro aioli to a level that's borderline holy? If not, you're probably using the wrong mayo. That's because only Duke's mayo has twang. It's that little southern something that elevates food from good to downright ridiculous. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Duke's Mayo. We have an ACC championship to break down. Clemson defeats North Carolina 39 to 10. This whole episode, we're going to break down the game, what we saw, what happened that was different than perhaps previous games. I'm looking at you, <coughs> Clemson. So there's a lot to discuss. We will do some more bowl stuff later in the week and, of course, all throughout December. But Mac, you have had a little bit of a crazy couple of days. Tell us how it was being in Charlotte for all the festivities. Yeah, it was great. It, it was awesome. You know, I always love being um, on site there at the ACC Championship. It's kind of the the Super Bowl for the conference, um, just where all the commissions there, all the staff from the ACC, of course, all of our staff from ACC Network, and and the awards show. So you get to see some some of the teams and coaches and players that. You maybe aren't represented in the game, but you know send their award winners and their coaches. So that was fun to catch up with them. Saw Mike Mike Elko spoke with him for a long time. Uh, Dylan Gibbons from FSU got to speak to him for a long time in, in the lobby there. So that's always a fun part of it. And then just to to be boots on the ground, to to be on the field. Um, as I'm shaking the table here, I'm so excited uh, for the ACC championship and uh, you know a, a game of that magnitude again for for our highest scoring offense and. You know, probably our, our our best team year in and year out with Clemson is always uh, – it was fun. So it was great to be there, KG. How was the crowd, Mac? Because it looked pretty full on TV. It, it was good. Um, you know, I, I will say I was a little disappointed. Okay. Um, I thought it was, was going to be absolutely packed. I, th- I, I think it's safe to say there were more Clemson fans than UNC fans. Um, yeah. You know, just with Clemson taking a year off and uh, – you know, not having two postseason games to go to in, in a playoff and a championship, and then Carolina having, you know, not been there for, you know, quite some time. Mm-hmm. Seven years, haven't won it in 40-something years, and you'll probably have a really good chance, at least coming into it, that you feel like. I, I thought it was going to be packed out, and, and it wasn't, so it was a little disappointing, but overall was was good and, and loud at times. And, um, you know, certainly Clemson fans brought in and, and had a little bit more opportunity to cheer than the yeah, Tar Heel fans. Yeah, a little bit. All right, let's set the stage here, Mac, because you and I interviewed Dabo Sweeney prior to this game. And I'm just going to ask you this. From our interview with him, and we both felt like he was pretty candid with us. We super appreciated his time. He was awesome. From our interview with him, did you feel like we were going to see Cade early in the game no matter what? Or would it only be if DJ absolutely looked terrible? Only if he struggled. No, no, no question. But did you get the vibe that it was going to be like a, a two-series, two-series? Because I did not at all, because it hadn't been that way all year. No, I had no, no indication at all about that. The, the only thing that even 
based on everything else that he said, the only indication I had that there was maybe a bit of a question mark was when he said DJ's back on the mat with a two count. The two like, count, yeah. That's where I was like, okay, the, the that's where the, the length of time he's going to be in if he struggles is not going to be long. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to – you know, make a change. And, and that was what I thought that meant. It did not translate to me as Cade was going in the, the, the third series. Cade had taken one reps throughout practice. Um, no, didn't you know, hear any of that. 30-70 split uh, when Cade went in in practice. So, no, he, he kept that a secret from us, KG. And I, I, didn't, I didn't think that we would see that, especially based on what I just watched in the South Carolina game where, where Cade did not go in mm-hmm. at all. Exactly. Okay, I have more follow-up questions on this. But first, we are going to hear who is in the Duke's Mayo Bowl soon. We're recording this at about almost 4 p.m. on Sunday. We have not heard yet. We've been waiting. We've been very patient. Yes. We think there may be – we've seen some rumors. We've seen some rumors. We're not sure. But you guys have to go to dukesmayo.com. And not just for the amazing products you can get there. Mac told you last week about his wings that he made with the Southern sauces. But you need to enter the Y'all Star sweepstakes. There's two weeks left, a little less than two weeks now left, to enter and potentially win the grand prize. Four pregame field passes to the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. Four on-field tickets. You watched the game from the Duke's Mayo Twang Throne. It literally doesn't get any better. You get a stadium tour of Bank of America. You get a travel voucher to get you there. You get a $250 Visa gift card, and you get swag. It, I mean, Mac, what else could you ask for for Christmas? What else could you ask for for New Year's, for Hanukkah, whatever? Dukesmayo.com. Make sure you enter the Y'all Star sweepstakes. You, you know the one thing that I would ask for, like just being selfish? Okay. Like a, a box of Duke's Mayo. Like I want some product. I'm sure they'll like, give oh, you some. <laughs> I think that's part of the swag, right? Yeah, it has got to be. Got to be. Not only a cool shirt, a cool hat, but it's also a massive box full of stuff. If that's not the case, contact us. We will take care of you. <laughs> Make sure that that happens. Um, KG, I'm super excited this week because I get more time off. So what does that mean? I get to grill. And I get to use the southern sauces, the mustards. I, I think here, here's the plan for the week. Have some time off. As I said, Army-Navy game coming up this weekend. Mm. I think I'm doing ribs, and I think I'm using that illustrious Dabo Sweeney slash Duke's Mayo mustard. Come on. And I might even let you have a little input. Now, I think the brown sugar mustard is probably the best bet. Yes. Uh, but we, you know, we could get creative, and we could try to, to do some new things there. So I'm pretty excited to, to show that to you guys. I've had it once before. Uh, it's really, really good, but I'm going to try a different kind of rub just to see mm. how I can elevate it with that Duke's Mayo mustard and uh, super excited to try that out. So as KG said, go to the website, check all that out. Uh, they also have some really fun uh, recipes and things and, and other uh, just cooking examples you can see on their Instagram mm-hmm. page. Load it up. Go check that out as well. Definitely, Mac. I can't wait to see the final product here. Back to this game. My second question that I have here, as we're just setting the stage for what we saw, DJ in his first two series, specifically the first series, it did not look good. I mean, he threw the first ball in the dirt. It was a bad sign. What we've heard all year about Klubnik was, and then maybe this is more reading between the lines, but we've heard that he's doing fine in practice. He's doing good, but perhaps he's not ready. The best option was still DJ. My question, Mac, is can you suddenly become ready in the last week? So you weren't ready for the South Carolina game, but you were ready for the ACC championship. Is that possible and why didn't we see him in the South Carolina game? And then we'll get into actually this game. But I think a lot of Clemson fans have this question. 
Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's a really um, – it's just an interesting thing. And this this game makes it more interesting. Like, it would have been mm-hmm. one thing to just kind of live and buy, die by the sword. And, you know, it is what it is. And this season is what it is. And DJ's the guy. And he's always going to be the guy. But in the biggest game of the season, in a trophy game, uh, you go to the young Thundercat. And he balls out. And now, listen, take it with a grain of salt a little bit. And I, I don't want to... This is me kind of taking the orange shades off and being a bit of a realist and just, you know, speaking very factual. UNC's defense is the worst in the ACC. So it's not like I'm blown away by what he did. Now, in the moment, absolutely I was. I was freaking out on the sidelines. It was great to see. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of go back and, and you really think about it all, it's kind of like, man, is is this, you know, is that something we could have seen against Notre Dame? Is that something we could have seen against – South Carolina, you know, in, in the two losses there, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. Um, but what we did see it, it has happened, and, and you just – the talent is undeniable. It, it's so funny, KG. I was thinking back to our Friday episode, kind of previewing, and we had a little quarterback discussion just because mm-hmm. it seemed so dismissed uh, by the the staff and, and by Coach Sweeney um, that we said maybe Cade's just not good. Maybe he's just not ready. You know, why is he not going in? And then I see he goes 20 of 24s, dropping bombs left and right and makes really good decisions. So obviously very good. Obviously the future is extremely bright uh, for Clemson, for the Tigers. And in the very near future in an Orange Bowl berth where they're going to be taking on Tennessee, a defense that is, you know, good at keeping people out of the end zone, not so great at, you know, slowing down yardage. I think they're giving up 400 yards per game, right around 22, 20 points her game there. So a bigger challenge, I think, a bigger environment, um, but going to be fascinating to see just his development over this month because you, you get some good time yeah. uh, for these bowl games. And he's going to finally get reps with the ones and, and get all that preparation. Yeah, he's the guy. Like, yeah. EJ asked that uh, you know Saturday right. night, and, and Dabo said, no, he, he, Cade's the guy. Cade's the it's, guy. it's so interesting. This whole season, this whole quarterback discussion for the entire year, has been fascinating. Let's look at the game, Mac. And like we said, Clemson started off very slowly, two really bad series, and UNC walked down the field. That first drive for UNC looked so easy. Drake May was dealing. Josh Downs was playing really well. At that point, 7-0, and you're not sure if Cade's coming in. UNC fans were feeling really, really good. Obviously, Cade comes on the other side and things change. But just overall, Mac, because I have some thoughts on this too, but I want you to start and and – tell the listeners what you learned about kind of the scheme Clemson went with. Why was Clemson able to slow down UNC so much, especially in the red zone? Yeah, well, uh, kind of a couple things I want to unpack before I get to that. So the, the, the three and out happens, and I'm looking at EJ, I'm looking at Eddie, I'm looking at Jordan, I'm just like, oh, God, this is not good. You're like, thinking it could get ugly when UNC scored right away? Clemson threw three straight passes, and I'm just like – this is not the game plan. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? What is happening? Why are you not taking advantage of, you know, one of the best players on the field in Will Shipley, a big offensive line that feels like they can just mow over that UNC defense? What is happening? Like, I get the piece of you want to give your quarterback confidence early. I, th- I think the better way to do that, all hindsight, is run DJ, run mm-hmm. Shipley. Like, that's where the confidence exactly. to me, but, you know, it didn't happen. And then, as you said, UNC walks down the field. And I'm just like, oh, God, what, what's happening? Like, what, what are we about to see here? Is this going to be, you know, one of the more ugly games that we've seen? 
And, uh, you know, that, that didn't happen. You know, the Clemson defense stood up really tall and, and to, you know, hold a Heisman hopeful, a New York City hopeful, uh, you know, quarterback and, and Drake May, who I still think, I know the last three games have not been great, still think he's one of the best in the entire country when it comes to skill set and the things that he can do. To hold him to zero passing touchdowns yeah. is just fantastic. You know, a great effort by those guys. And, you know, it, it really – they flex their muscles, KG. And like you said, I think they scored one time out of five when UNC was in the red zone. And so that's, that is troubles that you know, have really been hurting the Tar Heels the last three weeks. And a really big reason for all three of those losses, uh, you know, not being able to capitalize when they're in the best position. I mean, you, you look at a field position chart, you look at all that stuff. When you get down there, it's got to be guaranteed points. You got to get something. And uh, I know there was a field goal block, a couple of picks, turnovers, fumble. Um, man, you, you can't do that. You, you absolutely can't. And I think some of that is when UNC gets in the red zone, there's not really a running back that scares you. Drake May's legs scare you, but you feel like they're going to – Drake May's going to have to do it, whether he's going to run it in or he's going to throw it in. And Clemson was able to just bend, not break, which I think was a lot of the strategy with Clemson. And the Tigers, they still brought pressure. They, act, they got pressure with – only rushing three and sometimes four. I think that was the key. They played, they they were able to do some things in the secondary, play three safeties, use Wade Wood as kind of in that Isaiah Simmons role, which is a weird sentence because no one can be Isaiah Simmons. But, you know, I think a lot of this comes down to, even when Dabo talked to us, when he spoke to the media, there are so many things that felt like he saved for this game that UNC just wasn't ready for because they hadn't seen it. First of all, Cade, which... Some Clemson fans are going to be mad about that because some Clemson fans care more about South Carolina than winning the ACC. So that you can debate that forever. But Mac Brown even said after the game, look, I was expecting DJ. I was expecting this offense that can't do anything. And I was expecting them to run the ball. And I wasn't worried about the quarterback. K comes in, he balls out. And I think on the flip side, you're expecting you, uh, Clemson to take more of the Georgia Tech approach that we talked about last week and just try to get after Drake May, which they did. But... They almost took a little more of the NC State approach and did some creative things in in the back seven. Well, the, the, the crazy thing, I don't know, KG, if it was saving or if it was this is where we sure, are. Sure, so there's that it, too. I don't think the Kate thing was saving. I think the Kate thing was this is where we are. We've, we've got we've to make a change. We've got to do something. We've got to get him in the game. Now, I totally agree that – why couldn't that have happened six weeks ago? Uh, you know, and, and just think of woulda, coulda, shoulda um, at, at what this season would look like. But you know, you, you are where you are, and still have an opportunity to go twelve and two, win an Orange Bowl, which is unbelievable. I mean, it's fantastic. It's happened very few times, you know, in the history of Clemson football. So to be able to do that is, you know, tremendous. The defensive part, I, I just think that was, hey, we've watched tape for uh, mm-hmm. for a week of these guys. Now it's game week. We've seen a couple of examples. This is what we think is our best chance to win. We're, we're going to go back to God, when, what I think 2019 where we run a three-safety look. We've got a player that we think can replicate close enough to what Isaiah Simmons could do and Wade Wood has, a true freshman, what confidence and trust they had in him, uh, to, to put him in the middle of the field, and we're going to try to wreak havoc. Oh, by the way, R.J. Mickens is out for a half, one of our best safeties. So true. You know, it, was, it was a crazy look that – I don't think UNC was prepared for. I didn't think UNC probably similar to us thought Clemson's going to bring it with that defensive line, try to blitz and try to heat things up. We have to have answers quickly instead of, 
okay, we've got to find the holes. We've got to sit down. We have to find these windows and really try to do it. So the defensive attack was tremendous. Thought they really flexed their muscles. Thought that Trenton Simpson again just – there's two things that I think could totally change Clemson's season, and it's Trent playing his natural position, which is outside linebacker, rush, defensive end, basically, and, of course, Cade starting from week three. Uh, that, that I mean, we're, I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not even going to It's what ifs. It's what ifs. Such a what if thing. Uh, but I, I can just tell you what I've seen, and those guys are, are super comfortable, and Trenton very comfortable at that position and just – Man, he, he's going to be an awesome pro. He, he really is. And to see his speed, to see his awareness, his abilities, uh, just really did a great job. So that, that attack really just, I think, confused UNC and physically just, I mean, to see the, ga- the game that, you know, Nate Wiggins had where they just hit him over and over and over. And I'm going to look up these numbers just to see if they – Do you think Nate is still on oxygen? Right. Do you think that's probably, possible? Probably. It doesn't even show it up here, but Nate Wiggins probably had five PBUs, like legit yeah. and smacking the football down, a 98-yard pick six, a blocked field goal. I don't know how Cade got the MVP. I get it's an offensive trophy probably. Nate Wiggins balled out and, and was extremely impressive. They should have had an offensive and defensive MVP like a lot of yeah, football games do. We do it. But the other trickle-down to Mac of Trenton Simpson moving to his more natural position has been the emergence of Jeremiah Trotter, who had three sacks in this game, and that's an ACC championship record, wow. surpassing the two sacks produced by Florida State's Lawrence Timmons, Florida State's Jeremiah Atochu, I think I'm saying that right, starting in 2012, and then Dexter Lawrence from Clemson in 2016. So the Trotter emerge. It, and some of that, you know, you could say, well, some of that were some coaching mistakes, like not realizing some of these things earlier, whether you look at the linebacking core, whether you look at the quarterback uh, not using Cole Turner earlier is interesting. I know you're, Clemson was trying to preserve his red shirt, but you literally don't have a 100-yard receiver until the ACC title game, and it's Cole Turner. I mean, freaking it, Cole Turner! This has been one of the weirdest, most puzzling seasons. <laughs> and again, we we talk about this almost every week. The what if game is the what if game. You know, North Carolina can say, "Oh, if we don't have a bajillion injuries in our," <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. I'm sorry. I'm crying because of this for UNC. If we don't have a bajillion injuries in our secondary, plus in our linebacking core, UNC was so depleted defensively with injuries. That was also their issue. Plus at the running back position, I mean, UNC did have some some bad injury luck this year. So you can play the what-if game all you want, Mac, but it feels like some of these what-ifs for Clemson are are worth talking about. I'll just say that. Yeah, well, I I just think because it's at – you know, such a higher level. And it's from a team that has been there, done that, and, you know, the opportunity, all the doors open for Clemson right, to be right. probably number three in the playoff right now if exactly. they did what they were supposed to, but but they weren't able to. And, uh, you know, again, the, the what-if game is fun and, and mind-boggling at the same time. But uh, excited to see both these teams, you know, in the postseason and, and to see where they end up. North Carolina, again, we, we're recording this a little bit early. We haven't seen where they're going. Clemson, of course, going to the Orange Bowl to take on Tennessee. Um, just to go to the offensive attack, too, KG, for yeah, Clemson. Yeah, let's quick. talk about that. I mean, it, it was something, again, that first drive, I'm just looking like, what is happening? What is going – why Why are we trying to do this? Why is this what Clemson wants to do? And, um, man, to, to, to see that was just crazy because I thought Ship, you know, was going to have – 20 plus touches. I, I really thought that he was going to be the guy that, that, that they try to get involved early and often. And 
that just wasn't the case. And then they make the change, and you know, Clemson turns into the Clemson of old, where they're just ripping it down the field every single the play. It, it was crazy to see the drastic difference. Something that you know, I, I don't love to bring things up, but I like to bring things up when I do get them right because it's it's very rare and in between. Uh, <laughs> do it, Matt. First Georgia Tech drive that we saw from Cade, march down the field, tempo, tempo. accuracy. Ball didn't touch the ground. It looked different than any other drive that night. First drive cave goes in in the ACC championship game. I mean, it just looked like the offenses that I was a part of and that I played with and, and that you know we haven't seen for two years from Clemson. And so from that aspect, um, I mean, the, Tiger, the Tigers are going to be back. They're, they're going to be back to what you expect to see. And, and another funny point that I can't remember if we talked about this or not, KG, when, when you talk about, okay, the wide receivers aren't doing their thing, but if they have a guy that can actually throw the ball to them and actually get the ball, like if I'm if I'm a third receiver in a route tree and I'm not getting the ball, I know I have a quarterback that can't give me the ball, I'm probably going to be lazy in my route. And that's human nature. And then if the quarterback does throw it, I'm not in the right spot or I'm not in a place that I can catch it. All, I'm not getting separation. We saw everything change. when Everything. everything. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was it was bizarre to see that. It's so interesting because it felt like, and I know some Clemson fans have called for Brandon Streeter's job or called for Tyler Grisham's job. And to me, it felt like Brandon Streeter, when Cade went in, finally was able to call a game like he wanted to. Yeah, It's almost like you were handcuffing yourself. Now, I'm assuming, I'm not assuming, I feel like we all know Dabba would have the final say in the quarterback situation. So Streeter is only calling what he thinks is going to work best with DJ. The second Cade goes in there, the playbook looks completely different. Like we're seeing, we're seeing passes across the middle. We're seeing a trick play with Phil Maffa throwing a left-handed, whatever that was. Phil Maffa was left-handed. Where that? Didn't know that. To Klubnik, you're seeing more 50-50 balls on the outside. You're seeing more threats deep. Like you're just, you're seeing the old Clemson offense. That's really what it was. So I get why Clemson fans and maybe even college football fans are puzzled why you didn't see that earlier. We're not in practice. We don't know all that was going on. But it's just hard for me to believe, Mac, if he was ready yesterday than he that he wasn't ready last week. That that's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe you know more, maybe from a football standpoint, but I think that's a fair question. I think the uh I don't think it had anything to do with football. I don't know what it had to do with, but hmm. I don't think to do with football. That's a I, I would love one day if, if Coach Sweeney writes a book, this particular chapter of that book will be the most read thing that we've ever seen. Probably. It, it, it's, it's, it's a bizarre scenario. It's a bizarre situation that, yeah, it's, it's crazy to look at, all of it, and to just ask why. I mean, the, the talent is undeniable when, when you're struggling so badly to, to just move the ball. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Mac, because I know we have some UNC fans tuning in. And for North Carolina, I've seen some things on Twitter, right? You finished nine and four. You finished the regular season nine and three. For any year for North Carolina football, that's a very good year. I've seen some fans frustrated, though, especially with how the year ended and getting blown out in the ACC title. Again, I just don't think UNC was ready for what Clemson was going to show because Clemson had not shown that all year. I think that's part of it. I don't think UNC – I don't think that game reflects as poorly on UNC as some people might look at. And we also saw blowouts in the Big Ten Championship and in the SEC Championship, so we saw blowouts. And you could even argue Pac-12. 
How should UNC fans feel about this season, not knowing yet about what's going to happen in the bowl? But what do you think about that, Mac? Um, You hadn't been to a championship game since 15. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it was before that. You haven't won one since 80. You haven't had the player of the year in your conference since True. 80. That's a good point. Like, you have nothing to be mad about other than what ifs, other than opportunity that maybe slipped out of your fingers. But at the end of the day, I mean, you found a generational quarterback. This guy is legitimately going to be a top five pick, if not the first pick, when he leaves North Carolina. Like, there's so much to be proud of, so much to be excited about. Uh, you, you see a guy in Josh Downs like to have the opportunity to watch him yeah. every He's Saturday, special. how special he is, to see the – you know, emergence of other players and flashes that, you know, you have hopes that can be more consistent next year. And, and man, how special can next year be, you know, if, if we get a couple of key pieces, whether, you know, the transfer portal or, or recruits step up or just other guys on the team that maybe we don't know quite yet about, you know, really step up. And and for me, it's, it's there, there's the sting of what happened, but then there, you have to take a step back and look at the whole thing and, and really just appreciate what your team's been able to do, and the fact that you have one more, you know, that you can go out and, and hopefully get a bad taste out of your mouth. So, at the end of the day, that's where I'm really looking at this and, and thinking, man, it, it, it's it's tough how you finished, but you have to understand that when when you are one dimensional and when you have one player that is everything for your team, as fun as that might be in the moment, when you play these better teams, when you play a team like Clemson that can take one thing away. You have to have answers for the other. If, if I'm dropping eight, like Clemson did, like UNC or excuse me, NC State did, like Georgia Tech did at times, you have to run the ball forty times to get me out of that. Like you have. Well, in most to, years, you don't out. lose your top three running backs to injury. Sure, and that's <laughs> sure. also been a tough thing for UNC. Yeah, yeah. So uh, optimism, I think, is the biggest word. I, I think everybody says it, but but for me, next year. Man, it's going to yeah. be exciting for UNC. There's going to be a ton of hype. For I said this on Saturday, KG, but truly I feel like it's a three-horse race right now to get back to Charlotte, and that's the Tigers, the Tar Heels, and the Seminoles. And I think that all three of those teams could easily be in the top 15 preseason rankings when this thing comes out. Agreed. And maybe we don't forget about NC State, depending on what Devin Leary decides to do. One of four quarterbacks surely will be good. Yeah, surely, surely. For UNC, I think for both of these teams, you're probably going to be better next year. Now, for Clemson, some fans might say, well, look at who you're losing on the defensive line. I, I understand that. But, yeah, I, I think I think you'll be okay. And then for North Carolina, so many injuries. You get a lot of those guys back, you're going to lose Josh Downs, but you still have wide receivers everywhere. Hopefully you can have a healthy running back for, you know, at least one right. for the season. So I think the future is bright for both of these teams, Mac, in both these programs. And we know the future is very bright for Florida State. I'm excited to see Florida State in their bowl game and see what they do. And then I think you've got NC State to look at with some hype. I think Pittsburgh is always going to be in the mix. Uh, Louisville, we'll see what happens with Louisville. Wake Forest with Mitch Griffiths taking over. The Dukies, let's not forget about the Dukies, Eric McClain. But we have so many more bowl games to discuss. We will do that in a second episode this week when we have the full list of bowl games We will give you initial thoughts on every bowl game, and then we'll do individual breakdowns of bowl games throughout the month of December. Specifically, we will have a Duke's Mayo bowl game preview show because 
of course, uh-huh. and we're sponsored by Duke's Mayo. So you know that's coming. <laughs> big, big, uh, big fan favorite to get the Duke's Mayo episode in there. Um, another really fun thing to watch just this offseason, KG, that I think uh, as this episode is being released uh, Monday morning, uh, the transfer portal is going to rip open. Yes. And, uh, man, there's a lot of names. Brandon Armstrong, gone. Phil Dracovic, gone. Bunch of quarterbacks, bunch of names. It'll be interesting to see do they stay within the ACC. I've heard a lot of Phil Dracovic to Pittsburgh. Rejoining Frank Signetti. Really? What about Brennan Armstrong to Syracuse? Have you heard that at all? Yeah, I, I've heard it, but I would bet my money right now today that Brennan Armstrong ends up at Notre Dame. That's why. Wow. I think the lucky Interesting. joins the Irish because their quarterback, uh, Drew Pine, also, yes. which is crazy to me, uh, is in the transfer portal. I don't know where he thinks he's going. Um, no disrespect, but I just I've watched you play, and he grew up a Notre Dame fan, so that's baffling to me that he's that he's leaving uh, Notre Dame there. Do you have some inside information, Eric McLean? Uh No, I just can sometimes see into the future. Wow, wow, <laughs> yes, he can. That's that's Eric McLean. That's what stuff he can do. Like, uh, you know, things that aren't relevant. That's normally what I do. Nothing, nothing else. Um, but yeah, KG, like you said, we're going to break all these bowls down. We're going to do a yes. nice little preview later this week. Super excited to see where teams end up. Uh, just off the bat, give me a team that you're super excited for. Just one. In the postseason, you can't say Clemson. Like, no duh, we all think Clemson. Mm. Give me a team in the ACC that you're most excited to watch in bowl season. Okay. I think I just said Florida State, and I'm definitely excited to watch Florida State. But I'll add another team. And I think that team is Duke. I think Duke is probably going to be the underdog in whichever bowl game they get. I know they're all out when you're listening to this. So, again, we'll, we'll do more on it. But I know they're going to be the underdog. People are going to look at that game and say, oh, it's Duke. Put some respect on Duke's name and watch Duke go in their bowl game. I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it, Mac. I don't know who they're playing. I don't know where they're playing. I've seen a little speculation uh, that, that it might be against UCF. Beautiful. Could be a fun. Give me Duke. Could be a fun game. I'm going with the Knowles. I know you brought them up. I'm going with the Knowles. I'm hoping and praying that they get an SEC team and that they beat three SEC teams in the same season. How crazy would that be? The excitement, the hype, all of that will will be super fun. And like KG said, we'll we'll talk about that for sure. Um, you know who they're going to be playing. We'll we'll mention all that later this week and and give you a little bit of a preview of what we think is going to happen as KG raises her finger. I have the FSU matchup, oh, and I think on. I think this is so weird. Oh no! Cheese it bowl. Okay. Versus Oklahoma. Is that official? It's official. Official. Yeah, FSU football tweeted it out three minutes ago. Gosh, Why? Why is Oklahoma in the cheese it bowl? Oklahoma's six and six, or or maybe they're seven and five. I'm not sure. Okay. That's so weird. Uh, so it's a cool brand. You're seeing a lot. Yeah, they just want the brands. I mean, FSU should roll. I was enjoying the, the live reaction here. I'm very disappointed and upset. They just want the brands. That's um, so stupid. You know, four years from now, nobody will know. We'll just, FSU will say, yeah, we curb stomped uh, yeah. Oklahoma in the bowl game. There you go. <laughs> Lady Gaga, Jesus Bowl. Prince Chedward lets me down. Chedward and say, what are you thinking? What's happening right now? <laughs> Thanks, Prince Chedward. I mean, I've always believed in you. Okay. I've always been your biggest fan. And you do this. Here we go. Man, that's super disappointing. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's get out of here so I don't cry. Yeah, on, uh, Mac has TV to, to do tonight. So. Have TV. Gosh, I'm not excited about it. I am excited. It'll be fun. Get out <laughs> with Jordan and EJ. Um, but that's it. That's it from us, guys. Uh, big shout out to Duke's Mayo. Thank you for presenting this podcast. Go check out their website. Go check out their Instagram. Y'all star sweepstakes, the ultimate prize. You want to be there. You want to sit in the Mayo throne. 
on the field. You don't want them. Obviously. Obviously. But another great episode. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Go over to YouTube. Mash that subscribe button. Rate, review. Leave some comments. Fun to hear from you guys. Also, go over to Apple Podcasts. uh, Rate, review, subscribe on there as well. We will greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.